my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher A. Lamberth, recording this for Sunday, November 12th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Give this one a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 685. There's no guest. It's just me sitting here in my apartment on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. It's about 54 degrees outside, and it's really nice. I, God, I already had a pretty good day. So far, I had a pretty, um, bit not super busy, but I woke up early, uh, watched a movie, that I didn't know that was out yet. I found, I was like, oh shit, it's out. You know, I'll talk about it in a bit. Um, watch that. And I had an audition that I had to tape at noon. So what I did, like the nerd I am, I went to go see the Marvels at a 9.15 a.m. screening. And uh, I can talk about it. I can look at the all the nerd shit on YouTube and piece together uh, what the fuck I watched. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. We'll get to it. But, uh, you know, all the nerd st- stuff on YouTube, they can tie stuff together. And, uh, so I, I, I'll be able to do that. Uh, so I'm excited about that because I was supposed to go see it earlier, but it didn't work out. And, uh, I'm able to see it. I mean, I, so I was able to see it and able to I guess talk, I don't really talk about it online. We usually talk about it on podcasts and stuff, but so it goes. So, and then I, uh, did an audition with my manager. That was cool. Showbiz is back, baby. SAG, uh, we, they ended the, they ended the strike and I can audition for stuff. Uh, so that's really good. I'm happy about that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's, there's good stuff ahead. I'm hoping I book some stuff. 
somebody said something funny on online where they were like, oh, yeah, now all the actors can go back and to work waiting tables and working at bars and shit. That's a very cynical fucking viewpoint. But I understand the sentiment either way. But um, all the best to everybody out there that uh, is not famous, that you get your opportunity to show what you can do. And uh, I'm going to put that positive energy out there, that you get a chance to show what you can do and you get rewarded for it when you book your gigs. So that's what I'm hoping for, myself included. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm happy about the uh, possibilities of it all. Uh, So, uh, yeah, everybody should get paid what they deserve. Um, Yeah, so I did that and I'm doing this podcast with uh, NBA highlights on my iPad watching them it just kind of got them going um i got an offer not like not like everybody else doesn't get one but because i pay for nfl ticket through youtube because i got it through um youtube they have an nba ticket or league pass rather and i'm thinking about doing it's 14.99 a month or you pay them 100 flat 99 flat um so I think I'm going to do it because it is it is fun. I fell asleep on the Lakers and Suns game, which ended up being really good. And those of you that are washed like me, you know that if you're watching a game on Friday night and it's one of those late games, you could still wake up in the middle of the night or or the next day, whatever you call it. And the same game will be playing because it's on a replay. And you'll be like, oh, shit, that was a good game. <laughs> it ended up being a really good game. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy the NBA's back. Um, man, I, it'd be nice if guys could just be fucking healthy. You, you don't want to wish anything bad on these players, man. It's just in general, you know, you want them to, you want them to be at their uh, healthiest when they're playing. You don't want to see anybody get hurt. So it was neat to see Bradley Bill back, and he looked he looked good. Uh, after I didn't, he had like back spasms or a back injury or something. But then Devin Booker wasn't playing because he had stuff going on. So, but he came up and when his uh, I guess his I don't know like a drop top or one of those cars that I I believe have the hydraulics in the Phoenix Suns colors. But he came to the game in that. So. I don't know, man. Hope and LeBron looked like he was he got hurt for a little bit. So I don't know, man. He he just goes hard every fucking play. They need to help him. Granted, it looked like these young guys are are, are playing well. Like Austin, is it Austin Reeves? Is it Austin Reeves or Rivers? Austin Rivers is is Doc Rivers' kid. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and not even look it up. And say it's Austin Reeves is the is on the Lakers, and then this Cam Reddish kid looked good. He hit, he knocked down some shots. So I just root for LeBron, man. He's had it harder than anybody he's ever had it in the league. A child star, he's essentially a child star who made good. All the all the scrutiny, nobody's ever had to face that shit. What did Jay Z said say? Hove did that, so hopefully you won't have to go through that. LeBron did that, so hopefully you won't have to go through that. Other NBA players, 
Nobody's had it as hard as he had, and they they will not. I don't know why they let Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook just seems to be Teflon. I don't know what it is. Everybody, maybe he's super likable and everybody uh, loves him, but my God, does he not get maybe the fan? I don't know people. I mean, yeah, people call him Westbrook and everything, but just the players, they, they won't say anything bad about him. I don't know. I don't want anything by to say, but it just seems like cer- certain people get away, get away with stuff. James Harden didn't because somebody just ethered him. If I could find that, I'm going to I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I'm going to say James. James Harden. Ethered. Will that come up? It's two minutes. Let's see if we can get it here. Let's see if this. And I think they play it in the background, too. Let's see what we can. Ask the producer to pipe this into the Clippers locker room. If I can talk to you, James, I hope you're taking notes. I'm telling you in advance, you're welcome for the wisdom I'm about to spew. Because, listen, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me. Like Daryl Borey believed in you. You wanted a certain coach, they brought in Mike D'Antoni. You want to play a certain style, they played it. You wanted Dwight Howard, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend Russell Westbrook. You want to go to Vegas on off days, they looked away. You wanted the team to stay over so you could go out at night, they changed the schedule. And it didn't work. And you know what? You said... I'm going to break up with my Whoopi. Not good enough. I see the bright lights in New York. I want to go there. My old pal, Kevin Durant. It's going to work. The big three. And all after one year, you want it out. You realize, oh my gosh, I took this guy for granted. The guy that believed in me. I went back with Daryl Morey. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? And you know what? You went there and you got a partner who got the MVP. He won the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? You said, they didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You're holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. So they co- they fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with the guy believing you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. Let's see if that works. Listen, James, have you ever had those friends who had bad roommates? Over and over, they complained about their bad roommates. This guy's terrible. The bad roommate here. They never thought to be self-aware enough that they're the bad roommate. They're the problem. Hey, James, you're the problem. If this doesn't work this year in this system with this team, then you're going to go and point fingers at everybody else, and you're going to go back home, and you're going to start swiping right for another team. There's not going to be anybody left. Because, James, you're not the beard. You're not the system. You're the problem. (laughs) Oh, man. So that was... uh... What is his name? Brian Damaris. He's a Dallas Mavericks broadcaster, and he went on that like two minute rant. I hope you guys could hear that. That was that was uh, when I heard it. I was like, whoa! I was like, wow! He went in, and you know, he's where's the lie, as the young people say. He went in, boy, uh, and he's right. He's absolutely freaking right. But you know, so goes. But that that's what makes the NBA entertaining. The drama. Sometimes that's even more entertaining than the stuff that goes on off the court. Off the court is being on the court is just a formality. Yeah, we hoop, but then there's drama. Uh, that's I think that's how guys get away with gossiping and stuff. 
I've said it for years. It's just been like the NBA and the NFL, like all that stuff that keeps going on like day in and day out. Why there's 24 hour coverage when uh, of, of, uh, of NBA and NFL because there's always there's drama to talk about and we keep it going. So and it's fun. I indulge. I indulge the way the world is. Sometimes you gotta indulge in some of the shit that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean that you check out 24-7. I know what's going on. I know what's going on in the world. It's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible. But you have other podcasts you can listen to for people to talk about that shit. I it's it's fucking bad. People trying to outquote each other on on social media. It is what it is. All right. So this week was pretty good, I would say. Had a pretty good week. My apologies for not doing an episode last week. It was just really busy. I was doing TPS reports and, uh, you know, it was it was just it was really busy. And I it's a lot going through a lot, doing a lot. But uh, it is what it is. Um, So it goes. I think everybody. Everybody uh, is is dealing with stuff, no matter who you are. Uh, where was I? So I had I had a fun week. I, I did some comedy. I made my debut at the Eastville Comedy Club, their location in Brooklyn. I don't know how long they've been over there. And I, I remember performing at Eastville a couple of times, and I really liked it. I don't know if the owner's the same, but... Uh, I, it's a, they're over in Brooklyn, in downtown Brooklyn now, and I like it. I love that room, man. They it's like it's a bar, and then they have a, it's a full service bar. Then they have just a really nice big uh, uh, showroom, and I had fun. I did like I did like like fifteen minutes, and uh, was working on some stuff, fine tuning some things. And uh, stuff that I is fun because like there's stuff that I was working on down in Florida that came to me and like I was like fleshing out some bits and it worked. And uh, granted, you know, again, I, I was having this conversation. Who was I having this conversation with? I was having this conversation with someone this week, another comic, and we were just talking about stuff and how like, yeah, you know, when you go to and when you have a paid audience. And people that paid to see a, a, a comedy show, it, it just, they're willing to let you go there and do things. Not like I'm, I'm being edgy, but they're just willing to go along on the ride with you. And that's what makes it, that's what makes it fun. It's a, it's an even exchange. I tell, tell you some jokes. You, you be a willing recipient of those of said jokes not that you you'd laugh at what you want to laugh at but you know be you know be willing to um willing and open to having a good time so and that's what i had and then um i went to go see a movie um and that was fun i went to the I think we should just talk. about This is going to be a short one because there's a, a something I have to do pretty soon. So this will be a short episode. So we'll, we'll just we'll just get into the movies. Um, 
I do want to say, though, as far as music is concerned, nothing really new. An experience made me go back that I had this week made me go back to some old old jams. And there was one, there was uh, like the, yeah, I shouldn't talk about that. Uh, I went back to some old jams that were like, oh, this this kind of works with this situation I'm going through right now. And I was like, oh, that that really fucking hits hits home harder than it used to. Uh, when you thought like I fucking understand this song, bro. This is what this is my life, dude. This is fucking what I'm going through as a person, as a human being. You ever have one of those moments where you you think you're smart, and love songs are pretty simple, and it's like I know what that I understand that. And then when that shit really happens to you, you're just like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that that's a, a cool thing. And also, um, I, you know, everybody knows, everybody who listens to this show knows that I love a good playlist. And uh, I just I just made this Black Thought playlist of all of his because his book's coming out next week, I think. And I'm excited for that. Uh, it's going to be. I'm excited. I bought the. I pre-ordered the audio book. I'm into. I'm into memoirs, and listening to the artist, the the author read their stuff. Uh, the Britney Spears auto by the memoir is not done by Britney. It's done by Michelle Williams, and it was annoying to me that. There was black people tried to act like they didn't know who she was. And that was, I mean, maybe they did. Black people, we really collectively, collectively we don't. But I mean, this is like with the passing of Matthew Perry, how I think the homie Rod said something like on Twitter or social media or something. He said, you know, now black, now you see black people coming out of the woodworks saying that friends was good, like, cause it's now it's okay. Now that like Matthew Perry's gone, I don't know what his why his death made it okay for black. That was a joke on the blackening too. I mean, I I liked living. I know people say the living single thing and the friends bit off of uh, living single. I loved living single. I watched it like on I think it came on on Sundays and then with friends. I don't know that I started with Friends off the rip, but I remember seeing it in syndication and then going to start watching it, you know, as it premiered on NBC, you know, when it was still running. And I remember liking it. There, I was actually in this act acting troupe when I was... I, I think I talked about this before, but this, this acting troupe that I was in, the teen performance ensemble of Harmony Hall Regional Center in Fort Wash, Fort Washington, Maryland. Um, I did it when I was, I think I was 17. When I was 17. What? Um, I did it like my senior year, the summer before my senior year of high school. And then I did it when I was, after my freshman year of undergrad and after my so I was about 19 
And so I remember that it was a all black troop and wait, are we all black? I think we're all black. I think we were. We were all black in the second troop. And then, um, and we talked about friends. We like talked about friends and we, Nick, we said, I remember, I don't remember every person, but I remember one girl was Phoebe. She was beautiful too. She was a dancer. And we used to call her Phoebe because she was kind of like an airhead, but she wasn't. We also liked, we we also loved uh, the writing, writing is on the wall, the Destiny's Child second album. So we could, we liked black shit and we liked friends. I don't know. I don't know about black people. Sometimes I shouldn't say that because that would mean that I would be like trying to separate myself. I don't know about us sometimes, guys. What are we doing? I always thought and I've said it like so many times on the show where I feel like black people consume everything. Yes, we have our own culture. We have cool shit that we do and uh, we should be proud of and stuff like that. But we also consume other culture stuff too so i don't know why that that there was that big divide with friend i'm assuming obviously the living single thing but as that was happening i didn't really i was just like this is a black show that i that this is a show that i watch and i like it i like regine and sinclair and you know i don't know man uh, what are you going to do? But how did I get on that? Friends losing Matthew Perry, Michelle Williams. People didn't know that there was a black, a white Michelle Williams. I mean, obviously I would know cause I'm a Dawson's Creek fan, but I also think, you know, I've said this hundreds of times before that, um, Michelle Williams is a generational great just with her, um, you look at her IMDb, there's like great shit. She's just been doing killing it for a long time. Um, I made myself, did I say that I made, I was talking about a Black Thought playlist and it was just so good. Not any of the Roots stuff. Not that I don't, I love the Roots, obviously, but it was all his like uh, records, comp, his projects that he did with these different producers and then the Danger Mouse album, and then the L. Michaels Affair album, and I just had all that mixed and put it on shuffle. It was fucking great. It was just so good. Like he's, I think he's the best to ever do it. There's a, I think he's just the greatest of all time. And uh, he's he's just fucking amazing. Um, so that. There was a, there's a video clip going around with Quest Love and I believe Open Mike Eagle just talking about this record that Black Thought did where he sounds like all of the great MCs where he's rapping at like all the some of the top MCs at the time. There's like ODB and like I forget who else he did because I, I can't think off the top, but it's circulating in that, around now. But I also thought that record, I think it was Boom if I'm not mistaken, off of the tipping point where he was Cool G Rap and Rock Him and Big Daddy Kane. And I didn't realize that that was just Black Thought doing that until maybe the Chappelle's Block Party came out. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure, but 
I think that's the record, but the record is on uh, the tipping point. Uh, and I think it is boom. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe we'll have some interaction. Maybe somebody, maybe if I say something wrong on here, someone will actually interact with this show. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, Black Thought. Make yourself, make yourself a Black Thought playlist uh, with... Uh, with stream with the streams of thought collection, L. Michael's affair, uh, glorious game, and uh, cheat codes with Danger Mouse. That's a great that's a great mix and just put it on shuffle. It's fucking amazing. I did get some comments from that when I posted that Dostoevsky record that just a picture of it on my Instagram stories. A couple people were like, "Yeah, that shit's dope, bro." Um, Rhapsody's on there. She can rap. Also, um, but, 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 movies, let's do some movies. So I finally got to go to Alamo Draft House in downtown Brooklyn. I had not been to Alamo Draft House since the pandemic. Uh, there was one in Yonkers that I went to occasionally. And it's not because obviously I'm an AMC guy and I love AMC, but you can save money, a lot of money and stuff there. But I also like the dine-in experience. And they do it better than AMC. Sorry. They just do. The the selection's pretty good, too. I think it's just with... It's just in the selection. And, yeah. And I think it's it might be cheaper than AMC. I don't... I think, maybe. I don't know. But uh, I went to see this movie called uh, Dream Scenario, and it was a late one too. It was like a, it's like a ten, it was a ten forty screening, so I didn't get home till like one. And uh, I'm sorry about this car alarm going off, but this is this is live podcasting, and this is what happens. Okay, I can't block out life, guys. I'm sorry. Hopefully it'll go off and maybe you might not even be able to hear it. Maybe you just hear me complaining and now it's off. Um, so I was excited to go. I was like, and now it's back on, but I was excited to go. <laughs> I was excited to go. It stopped. I was excited to go. Cause I'd been trying to time it out. I was like, Oh, will I make it? Will I make it? Ooh. And I got parking right in front of the venue, right in front of the, the theater. And my car was still there past, you know, I was, I parked in front of the right sign, even though, uh, I thought initially when I got a space, I looked and they said like 12 to like three, they do street sweeping or some shit. And they probably would ticket me. I didn't, I didn't see any tickets on those cars when I came out, but whatever. That's how it is sometimes. Um, yeah, that's just how it is. So. I go to see this movie dream scenario and it stars Nicholas, Nicholas cage. And I'll read you the blurb on, uh, on letterboxd, a schlubby professor who never made it becomes an overnight celebrity after appearing in every person on earth's dream. This stars Nicholas cage and one of my favorite white women, Julianne Nicholson and Dylan Baker, Michael Sarah and Tim Meadows who I worked with last month, which was cool. Cause I didn't realize, I think in the, he was in the trailer when I saw it, 
But I and he mentioned me to say it when I opened for him to like what before I brought him up. And I was like, oh shit, you're in there. I was like, all right, because the, the movie was definitely attractive to me. To try, I was excited to see it, and it looks good. It was good. It was solid. I thought the beginning, like the first half an hour, forty five minutes were were like really strong, and then it just it when I realized when I realized that it. I was trying to figure out what the motive behind what I felt like the director was some trying to say. Christopher Borgley. I have not seen anything that he's done other than this one. Just based on looking at what he's done here. But I thought it was I thought it was interesting. The premise was super interesting. Um but I just felt like it kind of fizzled out at the end. Nicolas Cage is definitely... I love the how he just fucking takes chances. He doesn't seem to care about vanity. He's like one of those dudes that come up that that, that are in a lot of films. And um, remember that movie? What's the movie that, that I, I should probably see again after being a becoming a Pedro Pascal fan? The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um... I after seeing that like it just it just made me have even more respect for him as an actor who doesn't who's serious about his craft but doesn't seem to take himself too seriously you know like this is what we do as artists like I think I'm an artist I'm an actor I'm a comedian and I I believe in myself but and and sometimes I pontificate a lot and I do that with other of my peers that come on this show. But at the end of the day, I take this shit seriously. So the audience doesn't have to take it too seriously. So you can enjoy yourself. One of my favorite lines uh, from Fonte is this, I think it's called, I think it's called, it's from No No News is Good News. And I think it's Find That Love Again. It is good news, Fonte. It's the record. It is. It is. Um, so I'm. I'm gonna look at the track. Um, find that love again with Eric Roberson. That is the name of the record. And he says. Um, he says something along the lines of uh, giving you my deepest thoughts while y'all feel like you're ballrooming. Where is it at? Uh, how's it going? Is it feeling good? Feeling great? How are y'all doing? It's no debates, no hot takes or arguing. It's both a science and an art to it. It's both a science and an art to it. Giving you my deepest thoughts while y'all feel like you ballrooming. So that's like the real shit. Like you're at a comedy show. In my terms, as a comedian, it's like you're at a comedy show. I'm fucking killing. And you're having a good time, but these are this is stuff that's coming from my heart and soul, and I've prepared it so you can like have a good fucking time, you know, like that, and be like giving you some real shit, and you feel like you're just ballrooming, like you're just having a good time, and that's what you're doing. But I'm talking about real shit, so that's the goal. That's the goal. That's what I'm trying to do. Um. And if you come to the Village Underground on Sunday, tonight, 
if you're listening on Sunday, you'll you'll get some of that stuff, and hopefully, more and more, as you come see me. So that's that's one of my favorite lines, and it's just like it's just like it's not even like it's not even like uh, slipping medicine in or anything, but you know I'm rambling. Dream scenario. I thought it was really interesting, and, and Nicolas Cage was really funny. Uh, I love seeing Julianne Nick. I was so I didn't know she was in it, so I was like, "Oh shit!" She plays his wife, so I was like really happy about that. Um, it's funny. Uh, it's a it's a solid movie. Do you have to go to the theater to see this? It's kind of in limited release now because it's playing at the AMC. It's playing in the city. If you live in a major city, it's probably playing there. And if you have access to it and you're not a big uh, Marvel movie person or you've seen you've seen Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, go see this one if you're interested. It, it is good. I just I, I, I was kind of left wanting more because I thought there was going to be something like bigger towards the end. But it was just kind of like. It was kind of whole hum, and maybe that's the maybe that's the fucking point. I know that they, that they were trying to do something. <sighs> now, I don't want to spoil anything, but I would say this this movie is worth seeing. I think it'll be interesting. I think when it's streaming, it because this will be on a platform somewhere streaming. Um, I gave it three stars on Letterbox. I think it's good. I liked it. I was not I was not like disappointed by going to see it. And I I bought a I bought a the only thing I was disappointed is about was I okay, two things, all right? One, I let them off the hook for one thing. I ordered a pizza and I ordered a pepperoni pizza. And then about 5 or 6 minutes later, I see this the server and I said, hey, you know, is it okay? Can I change my order to the carnivore pizza with like meat, a meat, all meat pizza? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. It's not. I was like, it's not too late, is it? I said, did you put the order in? She's like, yeah, but I can fix it. And she did like a beep boop boop beep boop And I was like, all right. And <laughs> about 10 minutes later, the uh, a guy comes and drops uh, just a pepperoni pizza. And I was like, I'm not going to make a stink about this because that's really what I ordered. And I think it might have been a dollar more, but I don't think they charge overcharged me because they didn't, you know, but the pizza was pretty good. It it was it was actually pretty decent. I think the last time I had a pizza there was it was a long time ago. It was way before the pandemic. And I remember the food being just like, all right, pretty good, you know. But I'm kind of the kind of person that if I'm out with somebody, if I was on a date, maybe we would have got snacks or something. But I'm more of a eat after the movie kind of guy. And then you talk about the movie at dinner or something. I don't know. Or you eat dinner before or something. Who knows? I'm malleable, ladies. I'm sorry. I'm malleable. Whatever you want to do if you you want to go to a movie. But more, normally... um. The thing I was disappointed about, so I could have been a, I could have been an asshole about that, but I wasn't. Pizza was good. I paid like seven dollars and change for a, a lemonade that was mediocre. 
I should have just stuck, stuck with water or maybe a Coke. I'm normally a water guy, normally a smart water guy if they have it. But overall, it was a good evening, and I'm glad that I got to go uh, to that theater. The theater was nice. It's a nice big screen, um, comfortable seats. Um, I, I had a good time. So I will definitely try to be back. If I'm, Especially if I'm back at Eastville again, I will... Um, try to make plans around seeing another flick uh, there because I do like it. I do. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that experience. Um, let's do another movie. So I, today I went to see the Marvels this morning and uh, I was like, I got to see it because people will be trying to spoil it. I noticed on Thursday, I know some of my homies were seeing it. People like the homie uh, Tim Hall saw it. Like I saw people with their screens like, oh, I'm going to see the Marvels. You know how if it's a press screening, it's like Tim's a critic, Rod and Karen are critics. So I, I knew that they, they had seen it because they put, po- you know, when they post like the Marvels and it's on the, the movie is on the big screen before the movie starts. So I was like, okay, they're, they're seeing it, but they don't spoil. They, those, they don't spoil. And I hit up Tim. I was like, what's going on? How, how was it? He's like, yeah, it was fun. So I was like, all right. And um, so I was like, I got to see this shit. So I saw it. Let me um, let me go back to this page here, my letterboxed. Let's see what the... Okay, here we go. Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taking revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe when her duty sent her to an anomalous wormhole linked to Cree revolution to a Cree shit when her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Cree revolutionary her powers become entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan a.k.a. Miss Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now saber astronaut, Captain, Captain Monica Rambo. Together, this unlikely trio must team up and learn to work in concert to save the universe. This film stars Brie Larson, Agenda, Tiana Parrish, Paris, Tiana Paris, Iman Villini, and Zawe Ashton, and Sam Jackson, of course. I like this movie. I enjoyed it. Three and a half stars on Letterboxd. This kind of reminded me of a if a if a buddy cop if this was a buddy cop movie and it had super and the, some of the characters had superpowers. That's what this one would be. And it was it was fun. I liked it. Like I always knew Tiana Paris was beautiful, but my god is she she's she's very talented she's been talented for years but uh she is uh fucking gorgeous and uh it yeah she's she's just got it man she's beautiful um i really i really i think she's yeah she's great the movie was really fun it was uh if you're into this stuff man it's worth seeing. I, I know that I guess people aren't 
flocking to see it because of the whether they don't like Brie Larson or because it's women. But I just wanted to make sure one because I like the I enjoy the movies. Uh, two, black female director. Uh, when I say female, I'm not trying to be mean. A black woman directed this shit. Shout out to Leonard Brothers. Uh, he posted on Facebook a few days ago saying, I'm wondering if I should see the Marvels. And then I commented on his uh, thing, on on his post that said, in all caps, a black woman directed at Leonard. <laughs> so, uh, that yeah, so uh, I really, I enjoyed it. It's fun. If you've seen the other ones, this is actually a little more fun than the other one, the first uh, Captain Marvel movie. But, you know, they had to work together, learn how to hone their powers. And Kamala's family was fun. Uh, you know, it's just a nice, uh, like, popcorn movie, you know, big studio movie. You just got to know, like, like, the directors, the people who direct these things, you're the machine you're never going to be bigger than the machine of Marvel. So you do your thing. I mean, Nia, Nia DaCosta, I liked Candyman. I liked, I remember enjoying uh, Little Woods, which I believe was her debut, if I'm not mistaken. But I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's doing a remake of Sleeping with the Enemy. Okay. But I think Little Woods might have been her debut. In 2018 with uh, Tessa Thompson and Lily James. I need to revisit that one. But I remember when I saw it, I did like it, but I I just want to see it again. And also, I like Nia DaCosta because she's also a fan of The Last of Us. So there's that. Um, But yeah, the Marvels was good. Um, I liked it. And if you're into these fucking movies you'll probably like it the last movie i want to talk about i was pleasantly surprised i don't think insomnia got the best of me i think i'm just on an early i just wake up early early to sleep and early to wake keeps you long on money and short on mistakes um those are words from the legendary mc yasin bey who used to call himself mostaf what does he say? Early to sleep and early to wake. Keep you long on money and short on mistakes. I speak on brief. I speak on beat breaks. These jams is keepsakes. So recite that. You know what I'm saying, kid? All right. Woke up this morning around five o'clock. And uh, I was like, I'm not going back to sleep. And the the. <laughs> That Lakers-Suns game was still on. And so I kind of was piddling about and uh, had the game on, finished that game. And I was looking through my phone. I was like, I wonder if Story Ave out. Because it's not in the theaters anymore. I missed the run when it was at the uh, Quad Cinema, which I would have loved to have gone to. I feel like I've been there before. I don't know if that's the same place that I went to when I saw that Riz Ahmed movie that veronica and i did reviewed uh oh shit what's the name of that movie now i'm thinking about that movie uh i know 
I'm thinking about that movie and I okay now I'm trying to find Riz Ahmed's IMDB and it's all like hidden somewhere no it's not it's one of the first things what the hell is that movie Mo- Mogul Mowgli and I didn't even have to get the, I just didn't get there yet yeah Mogul Mowgli I'm not sure if that's the same I'd have to deep dive on my Instagram because I think I took a picture but I'm not I feel like I've been to Quad Cinema before but I don't think I have so anyway story I have I said let me just let me just check on iTunes let me just check and see if it's on because it's not a pop it's not a super popular movie but sometimes you know they have it hidden sometimes you can find it so I just and I looked before and it wasn't there this morning I happened to look and it was fucking there and it was $14.99 and I said you know what I've been wanting to see this it's available to rent um and I, I said, I'm, I'm just going to get this movie because I would have gone to the theater and probably paid more than that. And let me just read you the blurb before I get into this. Story F, directed by Aristotle Torres. After running away from home, a teenage graffiti artist holds up an unsuspecting MTA worker in a robbery gone right that changes their lives forever. This movie stars Asante Black, Luis Guzman, Melvin Gregg, and Alex Hibbert. This movie was fucking amazing. Five stars. This is the best thing I've seen this year. This is one of the best movies I've seen this year. I put it up there with Past Lives. I think Asante Black is really talented. This is his second movie. I think um, uh, Landscape with Invisible Hand... I'm not sure which one came first, but we can check that. We can check that. Um, I really love this movie. And I think if I thought Asante Black was great, if if life was fair, um, Luis Guzman would probably get a, an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Um, maybe even Asante Black would get a Best Actor nom. But this is just one of these movies that's an indie darling. It's a gem of a film. It's just about a couple of characters, two two people. Um, and it just fucking hits. It just hits home. Hits these emotional moments, these beats. It's about people dealing with loss. It's about being an artist, about trying to find yourself, about how you cope with loss, how you deal with pain. Uh... I cried a few times. I cried a few times watching this. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Coming from a guy who cried on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I think I'm just in that space. I think, um, I don't know if I'm an, I would not say that I'm a, an open wound, but I would just say I'm more emotionally open and available and have more access to my emotions uh, than I used to have. I remember one time, even my dad was alive. I remember one time being sad about something and I was crying and I was like, okay, I'm still human. I'm human. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not a, 
And it made me feel good because like, oh, yeah, I'm not a robot. I think a lot of times you you let stuff hit you and you pretend like it doesn't hurt. And then you just kind of keep going through your life and kind of just being in a a daze of some sort. You still function and you still do what you have to do and you're still productive, but it's something that's missing. And when you can let those emotions out in a healthy way, it kind of frees you. It frees you up. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I think just as a person, I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying, as you, I think as most people are trying to do the best they can do. And I think that's, that's what happens in this, in this movie. There were some, some moments that were not necessarily tropes, but the stuff that you see in these movies, this movie reminded me of Finding Forrester, but a lot darker. Uh, I did notice there were some moments with the score that I was kind of like, okay, I, I, you're trying to make this moment, this moment is supposed to be serious and important, but you already got the talent on the screen. You don't, it's like some of us just feel like you're kind of doing too much, but I, I know I know what you're trying to do here, but basically it's like you didn't need it. Like when you go to a when you go when you get a steak and you have to put and some people put A1 steak sauce on it and shit. It's like you shouldn't have to put sauce on it. I thought this movie was a, a great steak by itself, and it didn't need any sauce. There were a couple moments where I felt like the sauce was trying to be put on but from the from the acting to through to all the technical aspects of the film it's fucking great a man and some of these some of these shots were just really beautiful um i don't know how much money they had to do this one but this was uh it was really terrific i i really did uh enjoy this you don't have to be like me you could you could uh you could rent it six bucks. Um, yeah, I, I really loved it, man. I really, really loved it. I knew it was something that I was going to really enjoy. And um, I'm glad I saw it. I wouldn't say it's a hard watch, but uh, it's just it's just really fucking good. And yeah, I, I, I'm I'm definitely checking for uh, whatever else the director makes let me god whatever aristotle torres makes i'm checking for it 94 minutes it's fucking good good story i really dug it so all right folks that's it i gotta go but um thank you so much for listening i really appreciate you and i will talk to you all next time take it easy everybody